0: Welcome to another edition of Lit Chat. This is Bonnie.
1: I'm PJ, and today we have a special guest.
2: It's Daniel.
1: Yay, Daniel! Hey. So, it's going to be a little bit different, because we are going to talk to Daniel about a book that I read and really liked, that I um, suggested he read and hope he really liked, and it's called The Dark Queens by Shelley Puak, and it's about the Merovingian dynasty, which if you haven't heard about them, uh, that's fair enough. I hadn't heard about them either. It takes place in the sixth century, France. So I don't know about you, but I can remember Henry VIII, Queen Elizabeth, but I don't think they ever really taught us.
2: No, they go into uh, oh Charlemagne Yes. and the Carolinian kings. Yes. And uh, his son, who I did a report on way back when, named Charles the Bald. <laughs> he, was, he was bald. Uh, that's the time where his, his brother was, I think, Louis the German. And they had a grandson or a son that was Philip the simple. So it's, you know, coming off the high point of a king and going down and uh, not a whole bunch. But that was the dynasty after the Merovingians.
1: Yes. And specifically, this book talks about two of its queens, Brunhild and Fredegund. Um, so I'm just going to start off and say that I think this is one of by far my favorite books that I've read definitely (laughs) by far a favorite non-fiction book of mine I feel like sometimes nonfiction can be a little hit or miss it can sometimes include way too many details that for someone who's not a history major or who's really not into the subject matter it could kind of just wear you down but I don't feel like that was this book. And I could be wrong, Daniel.
2: Oh, no. Uh, so if you like the Game of Thrones books or TV show, this is the book for you. There were many times when I was reading at night in bed and then read an extra chapter or two. But you would come to an end of a chapter and then something would happen. And you think, wow, that's an incredible plot twist. But it's real. And it actually happened. It's In this case, truth is really stranger than fiction or at least more exciting and, you know, takes away from my sleep a little bit more.
1: And I'm glad you said that because I do think I presented it to you that way. Said so if you like Game of Thrones, you'll like this one.
2: I think you said something about swords. Or maybe I just heard something about swords.
1: I probably also that said that this was just your full of like, <clears throat> what? when and just kept getting crazier and crazier like just when you feel like all oh, right this is at the topmost of craziness it's like ha, guess what gotcha.
2: just when you think that you know that one king is going to sail through and you know become the king of france nope assassin
0: so having not read this book i'm going to throw a question out here you talk about you know the were these women like responsible for who was going to be king or something
1: Yes, in a lot of ways, yes. I feel like in a lot of ways, these women wielded more power than the kings that they were with. They definitely influenced the kings a lot, which is, I feel like, a rarity, especially back then, to have these strong women who, not just one strong woman, you have two strong women who really influence their kings. And in doing so, just set up a whole plethora of, like, events. And we're not talking about maybe 10 years. We're talking about years that these two women have power.
2: Not just from behind the scenes, but both of these women actually led forces into battle. And Brunhild was up on a charger, riding in between the armies, daring the other one to attack to start a war. And Ferdegard uh, I did not listen to the audiobook. I just read it, so I apologize for any pronunciation. But she led her forces into battle. And they were saying in the book that because a woman was fighting so hard in battle, it encouraged all her soldiers to fight even more. And they won the battle. And eventually, well, the war, sort of. Because it eventually, the Kingdom of France coalesced around her child.
1: Okay a little background as to why it gets chaotic. It gets chaotic because you have a king who has sons, not just one, and instead not of not two, what? Not three. Yeah, he had like four? He had three legitimate heirs
2: and one illegitimate heir and probably a whole bunch more in the wings.
1: And the king wants to be, I suppose, let's say he wants to be fair. So he decides he's going to divide his kingdom amongst his sons. And his sons, you know, are going to be just happy with what they get. They're the Ill- not. The
0: illegitimate one? Not the illegitimate not the, one. No,
2: but he three was. The leg- three legitimate ones. The illegitimate one was always sort of hanging around okay. until the dad died and the other brothers got together and kind of like uh, Joseph in the mini coats. Uh, cut his hair off, which one of the signs of nobility for that family was long, flowing golden locks on the men. So they shaved him bald and shipped him off to Byzantium.
1: Yeah, so he was in a very precarious spot, because it was like he was walking a fine line. At any point, they could just say, like, you're not part of our royal court anymore. Which I felt, you know, I felt pretty bad, because I'm like, hmm... I felt like it was just like on a whim. Like, you know, I woke up today and today you will be part of our court. I woke up in a bad mood. So today I will just cast you aside as an illegitimate brother of mine.
2: Ooh, I got another text from Supercuts about of say, oh, I think I'll cut your hair today.
1: <laughs> so, yes, I mean, it all starts because this father thinks he's going to be fair. He's going to give each son a piece of land, a piece of his empire that they can rule over and they'll be fine. They'll get along. What could possibly go wrong? Except that what does go wrong?
2: Well, you (laughs) see, uh, I'm sure, well, they invaded their territories left and right before two of them were married. All three wanted to be the sole ruler of the empire. And that sort of doesn't work out. You have three people all wanting the same thing.
1: Well, you have three people all wanting the same thing. And you've got two who are backed up by queens who also want their own power, who and that, also that's want Brunhilde more. Yeah. Fredegard? Fredegan, yes.
2: Fredegard is a slave. She so starts out as a slave. That's the
1: other great yeah. thing about this. <laughs> okay. They're opposite. <laughs> They're opposite. Brunhilde comes from a noble family. A well-to-do family from Spain. In fact, her husband picks her because it will bring more
2: large tracts of land.
1: Large tracts of land. Good dowry. Honor. And then Fredegund, she's a mistress, a slave, who then becomes
2: well, because her king actually married Brunhild's sister, and then Brunhild's sister winds up dead one day. Okay. Surprise!
1: What? They can make a movie out of this. (laughs) I mean, I am looking forward to it, to tell you the truth. I was, speaking of Game of Thrones, I know that his books are focused on, or not focused, but he takes a lot of his creativity from stuff that happened in history. So I'm just... You know, I'm just waiting for him to come up with a series that has characters that are based on these queens. Well,
2: I, I think they should get their just own series.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, if, if what you guys are talking about, they, they could make a whole series with just these two queens. Was and there... have some pretty good fight scenes.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> they're, they're antagonists for I know, almost their entire adult lives and getting married at what 1618 and you know living until relatively old age yeah although i love the the spoiler the and the line in ferdguard because she just dies one day there's nothing in the historical record about what happens to her she's just suddenly dead from slave to queen to this master of assassins that takes out numerous kings and then she's
1: just dead <laughs> what wow.
2: happened Yes,
1: and actually you can see her grave, but you cannot see Brunhild's because she, her demise is a terrible demise. And we don't want to get too much into it because I really do think that you guys should read this book. And if you don't read this book, oh, Wikipedia, at least about the Merovingians and especially about Brunhild and Fredegund, because I feel like they make Cersei's look like... No,
2: oh, yeah, these are the the goats.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 they are. Um, I I love this book. It is by far one of my favorite nonfiction books. I just felt it was so interesting. It was easy to forget that I was reading a historical account. Yes. It, you know, and then even remembering that it was a historical account had me. I mean, I don't know. There were parts of this book where I'm like, what? No way. No way. This book just kept me. So
0: for somebody who doesn't normally read nonfiction, moi, and somebody who doesn't normally read history nonfiction, would you recommend this? Oh, yes. As as something that I might actually enjoy reading? This is a good one
2: to get started on. And it... It reads really well and the prose is nice and it does the chapter construction. Again, you get those great, you know, high points at the end of the chapter, like what? What just happened? And it makes you want to read more.
1: It also doesn't bottle you down with so much detail. Okay. It gives you enough, just the right amount of detail. I know you love strong women and these two were definitely strong women. I will say this, though. There is a reason that I liken this to Game of Thrones and because there are some salacious things that happen, some very violent things that happen, and it's somewhat shocking because it's the women who are doing it, you know?
0: Okay. really doesn't bother me.
1: <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I know you're not into, nor am I saying I'm into violence, Right. but I'm just saying there are some things that you... You're just like, oh, what?
2: It is a violent time. And it is, you know, several factions that are continuously and constantly at war with each other.
0: Wasn't that like what was happening in the 6th century just pretty much all over the place? Yes.
1: I mean, I think it's just also very amazing because you have two women who live... Like, I think Brunehill lives to be in her 60s. And when you think of all the possible ways you could have died in the middle ages all of the like diseases childbirth you know to make it that far back then is pretty amazing and these women also not only like they survived their husbands which is pretty amazing sometimes several husbands this is true even you know they survive some of their sons it's just, that is
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look back and you just think, like, we're so used to people living at the age of 60. But that's kind of really tough to have been living that long back then with everything that basically could have killed you. Right? Yeah.
2: Yes. Most things. Some ergot poisoning or a nice cold, pneumonia, ingrown toenail. The plague
1: yes anything right i also do like also this is something that i kind of missed out on but the book actually does have a couple of pictures in there like you can see fredigan's sarcophagus i guess you can see some of the stuff like some of the jewelry of theirs so i would definitely if you're into that added pleasure of just seeing pictures i would definitely get the book. I read the audiobook and honestly, I read the audiobook because sometimes I feel like with nonfiction books, they do get boggled down with a lot of detail. And I wasn't sure whether it would be one of those history books. And trust me, I love history, but I didn't know if it was going to be one of those history books that was going to put me to sleep. And so I picked the audio book and in no way did it put me to sleep. There were times where I'd get out of my car and I would continue to just listen to it.
2: Well, that would help also knowing where to put the accents on the names, because there they're, they're are oh, yeah. they're three three or four syllables they all are like using. So you have, uh, what, Chilprick?
0: Sijgenberg.
2: Uh, Sijgenberg, Childenberg, and yeah, where you have two or three syllables that they're all combining to, you know, make names. And, uh, you know, obviously they mean stuff in their society, but just, you know, being a Anglo-Saxon-centered history person, yeah, right I'm not yeah. used to you know, medieval French pronunciation. I
1: also just think that I don't hear, I've actually never heard about the Merovingians before. And I don't know if we didn't hear about the Merovingians before because it's dominated by two women.
2: I think it's just, you know, has other people that are more important to the Anglo-Saxon side of the history that come after them and the Carolinians and moving on to that. So it's one of those things I think that in the rush to teach history in school, just kind of gets pushed off to the side, which is unfortunate because it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, what makes history exciting. And these are the stories that I feel like if we taught more of these stories, people would be more intrigued by history.
2: And they would dress up as the queens for Halloween and you have little broom hills going around a sword <laughs> and vertebrains with, you know, maybe a couple of daggers.
1: Well, they they were saying that, you know, Broomhill is kind of um, symbolized in opera. Is it Wagner's opera? Yes. Um, as having, you know, the Viking horned helmet, which is not a thing, but okay. But sure. Let's, let's let people believe that that's what they were wearing. Although I would love for Brunhild to be like, what? Come back and be like, I never wore that. That's not how I looked.
2: Oh, oh no. She was a queen. She would always be fashionable. And they both would. But, you know, Brunhild being from a royal family, you know, in the Spanish area, moving to this kind of, you know. I'm sure she would think sort of redneck area on the Western edge of civilization feel like, Oh yeah, I'm bringing, you know, all the latest fashion. I'm going to help make these people better.
1: It's also, you know, that's another thing too. It's the relationship. I find the relationship to be very interesting because they're just different people. One comes from nobility. The other one does not. One has had to kind of struggle to have everything in her life and come to become the queen, which I'm sure nobody thought she would. And even then, you know, it's once she becomes a queen, people haven't forgotten her past. The other one is just more acceptable as a queen. I mean, it's almost like they were surely enemies, but in some ways very bonded from their experience of being women who wanted power and maybe were expected to play nice but weren't playing nice so i think there was definitely between them there was a sense of respect with a sense of i mean yeah i think it, i think there's their frenemies
2: right well i'm thinking like lex Luthor and superman and it's one of those where they you know the other one helps define who they are and what actions they're doing
1: yes I don't know. I mean, I could go on and on about how much I love this book, but um, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. That's,
2: again, I think one of the best things is when Brunhild is riding on a charger in between two armies, daring the other one to attack her specifically. So that way, they can start a war, and then they don't. It's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Yeah. Is that
0: I'll definitely have to
2: that on a consider on a, one. a on a nice big screen?
0: Oh yeah, that would
2: be a pretty shot. Filmed out in New Zealand, maybe Wales, and, you know, get some some of that dark green and the horse riding up and some good music going.
1: I think, you know, also, we're talking about, like, royalty. Um, These women have all the aspects that make someone like Queen Elizabeth I memorable. They're very much their own. They are women who are not demure. They will not apologize for what they want. They will do what they have to do. And if that means getting their hands dirty, that means getting their hands dirty and they're not apologetic about it. I find it very interesting how the beginnings of both and then the ending of both. Cause I feel like Brune Hill's beginning was great. Her ending was not. Right. Fredigan's beginning was not great, but her ending, I'd rather take her ending over Brunhilde. So it's kind of like that, I don't know, change of luck that happens at the end of their life okay
2: when i'm reading the book and it is it gives that feeling that you know even though it's history that you don't know what's going to happen next and you can know at any moment there's something's going to happen that's just gonna yeah switch their fortunes out
1: okay i did want to mention one that i am reading i haven't finished but i am reading it it's called the chicago chicago ha huh? Chivago affair two totally different things it's by peter finn and petra Kovi. i'm sorry if i am not saying that correctly i probably am not and i kind of wanted to bring it up because even though i didn't finish it i don't want to say too much of it except that september is the week that we honor banned books and i think that this book is just a great read it so happened I happened to read it in September, not really thinking about the fact that September is has banned book week. But I just think it's so fitting because this book talks about how the USSR tried to ban Doctor Zhivago by Boris Pasternak um, because it was not, you know, it, it didn't paint the Bolshevik Revolution good. It painted it as, you know, having harmed Russia rather than actually having helped it. It didn't paint communism well, which is obviously at that time, Russia and the USSR and people like Stalin didn't want people to believe that, especially not outside of Russia, right? So what do they do? They ban this book. And... As they're trying to ban this book, Boris Pasternak is working with officials outside of Russia to publish it, um, even though it seems like he he's doing it all in secret and hiding. And I think one of the – I'm barely getting to this, but I'm getting to the point where now the CIA is involved. Okay. And now the CIA – understanding the importance of books, their meaning, and what this could do to the image of the USSR, now the CIA is getting involved to spread Dr. Chivago. And I just think this is a great book to read during this month because it is banned book week. And not only that, we're encountering a lot of banned books. And, you know, this just makes me remember that Places like the USSR, people like Stalin, people like Hitler, they were all about banning books. It also just goes to show how important books are. So that's my two cents. I haven't finished it, so you'll probably hear about it. Not in our next, because our next one is actually going to be our Gulf Coast Reads pick. It's Justin Dibler's Lone Stars. Um, This is what we're going to be reading for October. Don't know much about it because I really haven't gotten into it yet. I haven't even seen it yet. However, it does take place in Houston. It's blue. (laughs) It it is blue. The cover is blue. There's a truck. It takes place in Houston because I see that it takes place in Houston. And I know that HCPL System is going to be doing events with the author himself. If you're interested... Pick up the book, read it, let us know what you think, come to our lit chat. If you like it, then yeah, tune in because I know Justin Diebler will be doing a talk for our system. And so maybe you can ask him your questions if you have any questions. Until then, thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you, Daniel, for being our special guest. Bonnie, I'm sorry we didn't get to your book. No, that's fine. I had fun listening to you guys talk about your book. That just means that Bonnie's gonna have way more books because you know how Bonnie reads. <laughs> Bonnie has to pick and choose what to
0: tell you about the, what Bonnie reads because Bonnie reads a whole lot, but yes.
1: That's a good Bonnie problem. I yes, want that problem. I support that problem, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you once again until we meet again. Bye, guys.